On Sunday, one week, a father was taking a nap like all good fathers do. All great fathers do. I'm trying to help you out. Um, And the little boy kept waking the father up. Dad, I'm bored. Well, just go find something to do. He finally, on about the third attempt, came over. Dad, I'm bored. I'm so bored. The dad grabbed a newspaper, picked up the newspaper, cut it up into about 50 pieces, jumbled it all up, laid it in the middle of the floor and said, why don't you try to put this puzzle piece together, this, this, this puzzle together? So thinking it would take him about an hour, he laid back down, I can get an hour's nap. <laughs> this is not me, by the way. Laid, laid them all down and the son began to put them together. About 15 minutes into it, the son goes over and wakes up the dad. Dad, dad, I did it. And the dad's like, what? How did you do that? And the father goes over and looks at the floor and there's the puzzle piece all together. Like, how did you do that? Because it was of the United States and the world and he didn't know anything about how the world was put together at all. And the little boy said something that I want you to grab. He said, it was easy. On the back of this paper is the picture of a person. And I put the person together. And then when I flipped it over, everything else is in its right place. I want you to grab that a little bit. The person was put together and everything else looked and felt correct. I've asked our ushers to come and help us with something. They're going to be passing out puzzle pieces. I want you to each grab a puzzle piece. Everybody in here gets a piece of a puzzle. As they're passing that out, I'm going to keep talking, so keep, keep listening, <laughs> as I hope you do the whole time I'm talking. Um, a puzzle is a very difficult thing to put together. In my family, during the holidays, we put together puzzles. Uh, not me, they, they put together puzzles. I, I can spend about three minutes and I'm done. You know? <laughs> Divide out the ends and the colors and the, you know, whatever, and they got this thousand piece whatever puzzle. And after whatever days go by, we put, to, put together this puzzle and it's so difficult to put together. Today, I want, I want you to go through a mental exercise with me because this piece of puzzle represents the pieces of your life. And I want you to be able to see and feel and understand and for God to speak to you in a very real way. Many of us are, are visual people. I am. And I want you to take this and I want you to hold it during this sermon, okay? And at the end, I'm going to instruct you what to do with it, all right? Puzzle pieces represent parts of who we are, parts of who God made us to be. 
And oftentimes we begin to steer and we begin to put together things the way we see our lives going and it gets all messed up. And whatever that may look like, I want to ask you, how's your person doing? How's your person doing? Why are we looking at the Beatitudes? Well, the truth of our situation is that we, we struggle. We all struggle. We, we are trying to find a place to, uh, to put our lives together, a way or someone or something to put our lives together, to understand them better. Um, and this is the perfect time of year to throw this out in front of us, an opportunity to put together the pieces of the puzzle. Our situation, sometimes, uh, or at least I'll speak of me, sometimes it's hard to understand. I thought I saw exactly what was happening, and when the vantage point changed, it wasn't what I thought it was. There was a movie here a while back called Vantage Point, and it was a movie about a one instance that happened, and it was about seven different vantage points of who was looking at this one event. And every time you saw somebody else's vantage point, something changed. I don't know if you saw that or not, but our lives are all similar to that because our vantage point changes. Our relationships should get stronger, and sometimes they don't. Sometimes there's a wedge between them. Sometimes our understanding gets a wedge between them. Um, our commitment level, our discipline on and on and on we could go that crumble these pieces together that we try to put together, try to put back together if in some cases. So Brian did a great job last week. Uh, uh, if you didn't see it, I would encourage you to go to the website and see Brian's message last week. He talked about your story, that God is writing your story. And what would God want to write in your story? Brian shared a great illustration of his life of one that didn't start right and had hurt and abandonment and all kinds of things in it that God began to put those pieces back together again. And not that we all have it all figured out today, for sure, but we're on the journey of putting those pieces together. And that becomes order for our life. Isaiah 57, 18 and 19 says, I have seen his ways but I will heal him. I will lead him and restore comfort to him and his mourners. Creating words of praise. The Lord says, peace. Peace to, to the one who is far or near. I will heal him. Some of the promises that God shares in this one message of Scripture is, I will heal I will lead. I will restore. I'll create words of praise. I'll bring peace. I will heal. Over and over again in Scripture, we see opportunities for our lives to have order. I pray that we can find it over the next eight weeks. Because I believe God is revealing that to us 
God's not trying to hide that from us. God is trying to reveal that to us. You've got to understand that because that is something that you, I hope, would chase after if you knew God was trying to reveal something to you. We can live a blessed life, a whole life, full of contentment when we choose Jesus and learn to make godly choices. Scripture teaches a very simple plan. Over and over again, a very simple plan of following God. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. That means do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He will make your paths straight. I talked about vantage point. Vantage point sometimes changes when the trajectory that we're on changes. Maybe, maybe we're chasing something this way. The vantage point changes. Change because then the vantage point may be moved off of whatever you were working on. That's where we need our life group. That's where we need the opportunity for relationships to help us stay on that path. We make better choices. We'll be whole and happy. We feel blessed. We'll understand why God is in our lives and that we grow in Christ constantly. We'll want to develop and become disciples of Jesus. I was in Alaska about seven years ago. We put together a, it was about seven or eight people, put together a trip, fishing trip. How many people have been to Alaska? Been to Alaska? What country up there? We put together a fishing trip for salmon, or salmon, depends on where you're from. Uh, And we were going to catch, we went to a fishing village and we put on the waders and for three days we would go out into the river and we would fish. The first day I noticed something that's a natural byproduct of what's happening, but it began to be an illustration to me over and over again in my life because the current is melting snow and it's pretty heavy, pretty swift. When it's, when it's deep, it will take you away. When it's shallow, it doesn't feel like it's hardly moving. Isn't that like our lives? When it gets deep, the current begins to take us away. Second illustration I had was these fish that we're trying to catch, salmon, salmon, whatever. These fish that we're trying to catch, we would throw spinnerbait at them, fly fishing sometimes. Those fish, if they stopped swimming, they would be swept away with the current. They were always swimming. They can go right in the middle of the current. It doesn't look like they're moving, but they are swimming all they can to move upstream. And as soon as they'd stop, and we'd know it because we'd throw the lure at them, and they would, like, see it and freeze, and they would, like, take off. 
they would be swept away with the current. The world has a current that's stronger than us. And if we don't understand that and not understand the idea of we have to swim to stay up with the current, that's how God works in our life. Because as soon as you stop swimming, you're going to be swept away with that current. And that's kind of the basis that we're working on for the Beatitudes. I can't help but think, every time I, I do that illustration, I think of, I've got to get off my mind now because I'm going to keep thinking about it. I think of Dory, you know, swimming, swimming. I don't know, but anyway. Um, those of you who, who have children have that ingrained in your, in your mind. What are we going to talk about in this series? For eight weeks, we're going to talk about admitting need. The reality choice. In Matthew 5, 3, blessed are the poor in spirit. You have to admit that you're powerless to do things on your own. If you don't, then you'll be swept away with that current. You have to admit, admit that you need other people in your life. You need God in your life. Because those pieces of the puzzle become all bundled up again. And now we're trying to figure out which piece goes where and how do I find out how to put this back together again. It's the idea of flipping the map upside down and put the person together and when you flip it back over, everything else looks right. Number two, getting help. Hope. Hope. Hope choice is blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are those who mourn. Just as grief is the pathway that God uses for our comfort, pain is God's antidote for denial. Many times, some, at some point in your life, everyone will deal with something that feels crushing to who you are. Sometimes it's small, sometimes it's huge. But as those begin to happen, you begin to understand the pain and the crisis that is, is God's antidote for why we need Him. It, it, it's the opportunity that we have to understand Christ and Him putting those puzzle pieces together. Number three, letting go. A commitment. Blessed are the humble. God doesn't ask you to be weak. He asks you to lay down your pride, your ego. He asks you to be meek. I've been in a study before. What, what is meek? You ever thought about meek? Meek is not being weak at all. I grew up thinking to be meek was weak. To be meek is strong. And we're going to talk about that in week three. Week four, coming clean, house cleaning, house cleaning opportunities. Blessed are the pure in heart. If we never understand the joy of a pure heart, that current begins to take us away. We have to learn. We have to let go of the guilt 
the shame. We have to learn how to gain a clear conscience. Those are very difficult skills to understand. It's easy to talk about it. It's hard to apply it. When you're trying to apply something like that, it is open heart surgery sometimes. And things begin to change, especially that vantage point. Number five, making changes. The transformation of your understanding and choices. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. God loves you so much. He can't leave you the way you are. God made you exactly the way you are. The circumstances that you find yourself in are to make you stronger. If you're on the path that leads you to Christ. Jesus is walking with you. Of course, he's revealing things to you and helping you along that way. But the Jesus that we know is in the Bible. And if we're not searching Scripture for what Jesus would want us to do and God, God's understanding in that process, then what are we hoping is going to happen? If we don't, look in Scripture. And many of us look in lots of places but there. Number six, repairing relationships. A relationship choice. An understanding that we need each other. The gentle are blessed. Blessed are the merciful. Nothing drains you emotionally and spiritually like bitterness and resentment. Those two right there, <laughs> actually half of one would radically change our lives. But those two right there are really big ones. And we're going to be talking about those. What is it to be merciful? What, what is it to be gentle? Matthew 5 and, and uh, Matthew 5, 5 and 5, 7. Number seven, maintaining momentum. Pride blinds us to our own weaknesses. It keeps us from seeking help. It keeps us from the opportunity to see where we need assistance. That goes back to understanding our issues. It's that puzzle piece in your hand that we have to understand that pride blinds us of that. And then last in week eight, recycling pain. Sharing choice. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness. In Matthew 5.10. It's the proof that you are truly recovering. When you get outside of yourself. It's the vantage point. So many of us focus on internal issues. We're always dealing with ourselves. We're always thinking about ourselves. What will better us? What will... The problem is if all of that is internal and it's never expressed outwardly, then we begin to go down the hole. The current is taking us away. That we can't discover God's blessing 
focus on what's outside of yourself. It's the sharing choice. Don't recycle the pain. And then the third thing in my message today to us is to think, how do we get the most out of this series? I want you to take that puzzle piece. I want you to hold it for a second between your thumb and your finger. This is a commitment. Because this is not informational base, okay? This is a spiritual choice that we're all going to make to move forward in all these eight areas. So to move forward in all these eight areas, there's a commitment of being here, being a part. What is it in understanding that we miss? And if you're not able to be here, we're on the web and you can watch it on the app or online. I would encourage you to to not let a week go by that you not hear the message that God is trying to give to you. And I promise you, though, I've been in ministry 35 years. The one, it happens over and over again. The one message that you need to hear the most will be the one that's the hardest to get to. That one message that could radically change your life. Satan will make dead sure that you are going to have a difficult time getting to that message. So if it happens on a Sunday, you've got all week long. Unless the internet's down. <laughs> No, uh, you have all week long to, to watch that, to see the message. It's a commitment to yourself that I'm going to have an understanding of what God is doing in my life. It's the shared journey. That's why we are carrying it from what's launched in here on Sundays to what's in our life group during the week. It's an opportunity to keep the current from sweeping you away. We need each other. That's why I said we need the opportunity, great opportunity, like this, to get into a life group. If you're not in one, every life group is an opportunity for you to get into. And we'll talk about that a little bit more at the end um, of the service. That puzzle piece that you're holding is a commitment to be here every Sunday that's possible. And if you can't, look at it online. Take notes. Take the book, the study book, or at least the other book to read to gain understanding of what Scripture is teaching. A very simple thing as you talk about it and hard and complex as you apply it to your life. Number two, to be a part of a life group. To give an eight-week commitment to be a part of discussing and praying, chewing things up in truth and understanding. Number three, that you bring people with you. An opportunity to bring people to church or to a life group. To invest, to invite, to include those around you. Bring people that need hope. I find people every day that need hope. And understanding. Make it a priority to invest in them. Number four, pray daily for this 
series. I believe one of the most God-inspiring opportunities for you as an individual to grow in your relationship with Christ, an understanding of investing, of sharing your story, like Brian talked about last week. If God's writing a story in your life that you share your faith, you share that story with people. There's no argument to have. You understand that? Because if it's not about, I have to quote 75 verses of Scripture or they're going to be confused. So because I can't do that, I can't share my faith. That's a lie. That's Satan trying to convince you that your story is not real. Your story needs to be told. It's not an argument to have. They can't say, that never happened. Because you look at them and go, yes, it did. It happened to me. Your story is powerful. And God uses stories. A message of hope, truth. Pray for our life groups. That they are healing grounds for people without it. I want you to take that puzzle piece and I want you to take it. I want you to put it in your Bible. I want you to put it in your pocket. I want you to put it on the counter. I want you to put it wherever you need to put it to remind you of these things. Um, Hopefully, prayerfully, You pull out your puzzle piece in eight weeks and it looks destroyed because it was used so much. And I was reminded so much that God began to do a work in my life. If you put together a perfect puzzle piece at the end of eight weeks, it probably didn't do much to help you. I'm praying that that's not God's representation of his work among your days and your weeks and your months.